Here's a question to start with. Is God ever unfair? Now, many Christians will immediately answer me back and say, he's never unfair, and maybe even give me a filthy look for daring to ask. Of course, God is always fair. We're Christians. But just for a moment, let me be the defense counsel for the Pharaoh. As plague after plague thunders down upon Pharaoh, we will see in God's word that three times the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Now, if so, how could God possibly hold Pharaoh responsible? God's God, and if he hardens someone's heart, well, how can they possibly resist? Surely God is being unfair. Well, what do you think? Is he? Well, let's dig into God's word and find out. <laughs> A word of prayer to start. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we pray that you will soften our hard hearts, that we may hear the challenge and the comfort that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here's a question. How do you measure the hardness of a material? Like take your mobile phone screen. Manufacturers claim that these screens are super tough and scratch resistance. But how tough is your phone screen? Now one measurement is the Mohs scale that rates toughness from 1 to 10. Am I saying that right, uh, Miles? Is it the Mohs scale? Close enough. It's German. Close enough. It's a, it rates toughness of material on a 1 to 10 scale developed by a German geologist about 200 years ago. There are 10 standard minerals that get harder and harder as you go from 1 to 10. So the softest mineral is talc. It has a value of 1. And the toughest material is what? Diamond, the value of 10. So you can buy a kit with these 10 materials and then you grab your spouse's or teenager's phone <laughs> and you get the talc and you scratch it with the talc. Has it left a mark? No. And then you get gypsum, which is number two, and you scratch the phone surface. Now, a lot of phone glasses made out of gorilla glass. Sounds tough, doesn't it? Gorilla glass. Well, Gorilla Glass, it scratches at six. Feldspar. If you get quartz, you can really gouge out the phone. And so when it comes to toughness, Gorilla Glass, which is on most of our phones, is about a six of hardness. Now, wouldn't it be helpful to have that sort of test for the human heart? A test for hardness, a one to ten. We're very good at fooling ourselves and others. Wouldn't it be nice if we could scratch our heart and come out with a number, 1 to 10? Very handy. And though there's no such scale this morning, we're going to explore how the human heart can be hardened or softened, how a heart can move up the scale of God's hardness and how it can move down and become soft towards God. We'll do this by following the 10 plagues that strike Egypt and how this is due, these plagues are due to the steady hardening of Pharaoh's heart. Now, a couple of things as way of background before we start getting into the 10 plagues. The first thing is, what does it look like for a heart to go up or down the scale? And I find C.S. Lewis's description really handy here. He describes a heart that grows hard or soft like this. Every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, 
the part that you cho- that chooses your heart into something a little different than it was before. And taking your life as a whole with all your innumerable choices, all your life long, you are slowly turning the central thing into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature. With all these decisions we make, small and large, we are either turning into a creature that is in harmony with God and with other creatures and with itself, or else we're turning our hearts into one that is in a state of war and hatred with God and with its fellow creatures and with itself. And I like this because I think it's, it's very true and accurate that in the little or not so little decisions we make every day, we are either softening our hearts towards God or making them hard. And we see this so dramatically with Pharaoh. That's the first thing. So we've got a bit of an understanding of the process by which hearts grow harder or softer. But before we look at the 10 plagues, how hard was Pharaoh's heart to start with? What was the benchmark for how soft or hard his heart was? Was Pharaoh a kind king, benevolent, concerned for the welfare of all his subjects? We can answer this by briefly going back to a couple of weeks ago. And we may remember that uh, Moses, he arrives back in Egypt and he talks with the Israelites. And then he goes to Pharaoh for the very first time. And he says, well, you know, God wants you to let his people free, go free, the Israelites, so they can worship in the wilderness. And in Exodus 5, now this is before any of the plagues, this is Pharaoh's response. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Moses politely asks him a second time. In verse 4, again, we see Pharaoh's reply. Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Get back to your burdens. And then we know, if you know this, well, if you know the story, you know that then Pharaoh thinks, goodness me, those Israelite slaves got too much time on their hands. I'm going to make their life miserable. They're going to have to collect straw before they can even start making the bricks. So this is a bit of a watershed. This is a, a sort of a, an understanding, a benchmark of where Pharaoh's heart is. Is it hard or is it soft? It's hard, isn't it? I mean, he's already got gorilla glass for a heart. It's not like his heart's way down the scale at a three. He's already got a heart of, well, six or seven. So that's the benchmark. Let's go through these plagues and see what happens to Pharaoh's heart. Now Moses, he's naturally discouraged by this first encounter and he prays and blames God and wants to give up. (laughs) But God says, no, no, the action's just about to start. I want you and Aaron, take your staff, go meet Pharaoh down by the river, by the Nile. And so Moses does what he's told. He's obedient, a little bit reluctant, but he's obedient. And he finds Pharaoh at the Nile, just as God says. And he says to Pharaoh, listen up, Pharaoh. God is saying this to you. Let my people go that they may worship me. And again, Pharaoh refuses. So Moses stretches out the staff and the Nile turns to blood. The fish die and the drinking water is ruined. And what's Pharaoh's, what's his response? Well, chapter 7, verse 20, 22 and 23. So Pharaoh's heart remained hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he did not take even this to heart. So even in the very first plague, 
the Bible tells us that the Pharaoh's heart remained hardened. It was hardened before, and after the first plague, it remains hardened. Well, this is no problem for God. If blood doesn't do, do it, if blood doesn't get Pharaoh's attention, how about frogs? So Moses stretches out a staff and frogs swarm out of the Nile and are soon found everywhere, even in Pharaoh's bedroom. Pharaoh soon has enough. So he summons Moses and Aaron and he agrees to let the Israelites go if Moses can rid the land of the frogs. Again, Moses stretches out a staff and the frogs die on the spot. And the land stinketh, and they have to sweep up all these frogs. We can just imagine the smell. But what does Pharaoh do? Chapter 8, verse 15. But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart and would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Who hardened Pharaoh's heart? Well, Pharaoh did. We were told it was hard, and now it gets a bit harder. And so when it comes to the, the hardness scale, Pharaoh's heart is just ratcheted up a notch or two, from a six maybe to a seven. Notice what else Pharaoh does. Pharaoh promises God that he will let his people go. But as soon as the frogs are gone, he changes his mind. He's disobeying God's word, and he's lying to God. So his heart becomes hard. God's undeterred. He has another plague up his sleeve, and that plague is gnats. Very small winged insects. Some species are biting insects. We don't know if these ones were biting or not, but we do know that they swarmed across the land. Now, up to this point, the magicians had been able to copy the miracles, but to a much lesser extent. But even the magicians are getting concerned in chapter 8, verse 19. Then the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not. Listen to them. Plague three, heart is hardened. Plague four, flies, dense swarms of flies. So many flies that the land is ruined. Pharaoh quickly summons Moses and agrees to let God's people go to worship him. But when the flies go, well, chapter 8, verse 32. But Pharaoh hardened his heart, hardened his heart this time also, and did not let the people go. Goodness me, Pharaoh, how long will you disobey God's word? Each time he does, his heart gets that little much harder. Maybe plague five will do the trick. Plague five, this time all the livestock of the Egyptians will die, the cattle, the sheep, and the goats. The Israelites, they have not been receiving these plagues. They live in a sort of geographical area called Goshen, and the plagues have not been falling on the Israelites. It's just the Egyptians. What's going to happen this time when all the livestock die? Chapter 9, verse 7. But the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. So where do you think his hardness scale is now? Surely got to be close to a, well, 8, maybe 9, when it comes to the hardness of his heart. Plague 6 are boils. God instructs Moses to take a handful of soot from a furnace and then in front of Pharaoh to toss the soot into the air. And as it flies into the air, it turns into fine, fine dust and, and moves across the land. And where it settles, everyone has these terribly painful festering boils. Man and animal. Chapter 9, verse 12. 
But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not listen. Goodness me. Now, this is the first time that it's been mentioned that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And how hard was the heart? <laughs> it's probably a nine, wasn't it? God decides to give it a little tweak for his reasons. We don't know why, but he hardens Pharaoh's heart. Now we come to plague seven. Now, plague seven, here we see the mercy of God. Now you might think, mercy of God, six plagues. There's no mercy of God for Pharaoh here. So we'll let God himself explain that. Verse 13. Thus the Lord, the God of Hebrews, this is talking to Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues on you yourself and on your servants and your people so that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. 15, verse 15 is key here. For by now... I could have put you out of my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence and you would have been cut off from the earth. What God is saying to Pharaoh is, I could have killed you the first time you said no. You know, when you when you turned down my people to set them free with the plague, with the blood, I could have killed you and wiped you off the face of the earth. Pharaoh, I am giving you seven times, seven opportunities for you to repent. Seven times. In fact, as we know, the story plays out. It's going to be ten times. God's giving Pharaoh ten opportunities to repent, to change his mind, to listen to his word, to save Egypt from calamity upon calamity. You see the mercy of God. See the sternness of God and the mercy of God. And the mercy of God is not just to Pharaoh. Because what happens is there are people in the court, there are Egyptians that hear that this plague's coming. And they hide their animals or shelter their animals and themselves. And so when the the hail comes and kills the animals and people that are out and about, these Egyptians who who obey God's word, they are saved. So here in this plague, in fact in all the plagues, we see the mercy of God on Pharaoh who gives them chance upon chance to repent. Chance upon chance to listen and obey to God's word. And this appears to work. Um, We've picked this up in chapter 9, verse 27. Then Pharaoh sent, because the hail comes, and it's huge hailstones that, like I said, kill any man or beast that are out in the fields. Then Pharaoh sent and called Moses and Aaron and said to them, This time I have sinned. The Lord is in the right, and I am. my people are in the wrong. Plead with the Lord, for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. This is a model prayer for repentance. Something that preachers should linger on and say, copy this prayer, but oh, maybe not <laughs> because of verse 34. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. So the heart of the Pharaoh was hardened and he did not let the people of Israel go. How many times, Pharaoh, will you harden your heart? Funny how that pair of repentance didn't last past the change of the next weather pattern. <laughs> yeah. How many times will Pharaoh harden his heart against the mercy of God? So this leads us up to plagues eight and nine. Plagues eight is locusts. Locusts come in and destroy all the crops that escaped from the hailstorm. 
And then we have the ninth plague, darkness, the deepest of darkness for three interminable days. Yet the pattern does not change. There's the promise of freedom. Pharaoh promises to let the Israelite slaves go. The plague is taken away and then Pharaoh changes his mind. And by now, the hardness scale of Pharaoh's heart is off the chart. Ten plus. What will it take for Pharaoh's heart to relent? Do you know the only way that Pharaoh's heart will relent is if it's broken? And reluctantly, after nine opportunities to repent, God breaks Pharaoh's heart. Because... The angel of God goes through Egypt and all of the firstborn that are not sheltering under the blood of the Passover lamb are killed. Firstborn of animals, firstborn humans, including Pharaoh's oldest boy, the heir to the throne. Pharaoh's heart became so hard that the only way that God could get through was to break that heart. And so in all this, we see the sternness and the mercy of God. God showed mercy to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians, but they turned their back on him. Remember right at the beginning, I said, is God unfair? Because God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But it's not like Pharaoh's heart was a nice soft two or three. And then God says, right, I'm going to turn that into a hard heart of eight or nine. What we see here is a pattern where Pharaoh's heart started hard and through his choices, through his refusal of God's word, his refusals to repent, his heart got harder and harder. And right towards the end, for God's purposes, and and there's a mystery, we don't know why, but for God's purposes, he tweaked that hard heart a little bit harder in the direction that Pharaoh had already chosen to go. Before I said, well, if I was Pharaoh's counsel, maybe I would label the charge of unfairness against God. Well, no, not now. (laughs) If I was Pharaoh's lawyer counsel, I'd be quietly whispering to say, I'm out of here, you're on your own. (laughs) Because Pharaoh stands before the judgment seat of God Condemned because he chose to harden his heart. It's a fearful thing for any of us to follow this same pattern. And this brings us to the implications, the take-homes for today. Three things I want us to consider to take home with us. Three things, a warning, an example, and a promise. First of all, the warning. We disobey God's word. We disobey the Bible at our own peril. If we've been following Jesus for any, any amount of time, then as we read God's word, as we read the Bible, as we sit under the good teaching, there are times when the Holy Spirit highlights areas we need to work on. So maybe we've been neglecting part of our parenting. And as we read God's word or as we listen to a sermon or something like that, the Holy Spirit nudges us and says, well, actually, this is the area you need to work on. Maybe we've been too demanding of a teenager, not spending enough time with them or encouraging them when they do well. God's prompting us to change that. Now, if we ignore that prompting, not only will we have trouble with our teenager down the track, but our hearts are hardened slightly to God. 
Maybe there's a business opportunity that we know is dodgy. We know that if we're not completely honest, it will lead to our advantage. But we're reminded from the Bible that we are to be honest and above repute in all our dealings. But then we think, well, the rewards of this deal, they're a bit dodgy. Nobody will ever know, but the rewards, well, you know, I've got this debt. I can sort out the debt. I can get my finances back on the feet. But if we sign on the dotted line for this dodgy deal, not only do we set ourselves up for potential fail, but our heart is hardened to God. We do well to take heed of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is a, it is a wellspring of life. Wonderful proverb, isn't it? Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So that's the warning. We disobey God's word at our own peril. What about an example? God can change us for the better. Look at Moses. Now Moses, he remember at the burning bush, God said, go back to Egypt and you're going to lead the Israelites to freedom. And four times at the burning bush, Moses gives an excuse and then 50 flat out refuses. But then he reluctantly obeys. He probably dragged his feet and grumbled all the way from Midian to Egypt, but he went. And because he went, his heart was softened to God. And then when he was there, he spoke to the Israelites and spoke to Pharaoh and got, and, and got the boot. <laughs> and so we see in chapter 5, Moses, he, he prays to God and says, it's all your fault. I want, to, I want out of this deal. And God's patient and says, Moses, Go meet Pharaoh at the Nile. And guess what? Moses obeys. Reluctantly, but he obeys. And so what happens to Moses' heart? Well, it softens towards God. Ten times, God asked Moses to go to Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the known world, risking his own life and to speak God's word to Pharaoh. And ten times, Moses obeys. What do you think that did to his heart? softened it to God. Mix my metaphors, strengthened it to God. So we have this wonderful contrast between Pharaoh who hardens his heart and it ends to a broken heart, death and destruction. And then we have Moses whose heart softens to God and prepares him to lead the Israelites out of Israel. So a warning, don't follow Pharaoh an example, be like Moses. And finally, God is in the transplant business, the heart transplant business. You see, we can only get so far with our calloused hearts and following God. It's like three steps forward and five steps back. You see, we have this condition, this heart condition, and it's terminal. And it's the calcification of our hearts towards God. And we cannot sort this out by ourselves. We can go so far and then we hit a wall and we barrier that we can't get past. But praise God, he's the great physician. He's into the heart transplant business. And the prophet Ezekiel, a few hundred years before Jesus, Ezekiel 36, 26. This is God speaking to us through the prophet. I will give you a new heart. Praise God. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put 
my spirit in you. And that's what being a Christian is all about. We are born with a heart of stone that becomes more and more calcified if we do nothing. But Jesus says, come to me and I will replace your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And this was fulfilled at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came to dwell in believers. So now when we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, God does what? He removes our heart of stone and replaces it with a heart of flesh as the Holy Spirit comes and comes in to dwell with us. Of course, once we've got this heart of flesh, we can obey or disobey. We can have our heart calcified or softened. But at the end of the day, Christians are known because they have a heart of flesh. And this new heart of flesh is a heart that longs to please our Heavenly Father. And this heart of flesh is one that finds its greatest joy in following Jesus. This is the good news of the gospel. This is why we get excited about following Jesus. Because our calcified hearts have been removed and we have been given hearts of flesh. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're staggered at how hard Pharaoh's heart became. And then we pause and realise, well, that can be so much us. And so, Lord, we repent and say there are times when we have disobeyed you and we've, we've even felt our heart grow hard towards you. And we repent and we come to you and ask that you will soften our hearts. And you will mould them, you'll move them down the hardness scale and soften them to Jesus. Teach us, Lord, what it is to be obedient to your word and live lives that are worthy of the calling that we have received. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.